Welcome to The Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we see in Job chapter 33 how Elihu continues his rebuke of Job. But now hear my speech, O Job, and listen to all my words. Behold, I open my mouth. The tongue in my mouth speaks. My words declare the uprightness of my heart. And what my lips know, they speak sincerely. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Answer me if you can. Set your words in order before me. Take your stand. Behold, I am toward God as you are. I, too, was pinched off from a piece of clay. Behold, no fear of me need terrify you. My pressure will not be heavy upon you. Surely you have spoken in my ears, and I have heard the sound of your words. You say, I am pure without transgression, I am clean, and there is no iniquity in me. Behold, he finds occasions against me, he counts me as his enemy, he puts my feet in the stocks and watches all my paths. Behold, in this you are not right. I will answer you, for God is greater than man. Why do you contend against him, saying he will answer none of man's words? For God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and terrifies them with warnings, that he may turn man aside from his deed, and conceal pride from a man. He keeps back his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. Man is also rebuked with pain on his bed, and with continual strife in his bones, so that his life loathes bread, and his appetite the choicest food. His flesh is so wasted away that it cannot be seen, and his bones that were not seen stick out. His soul draws near the pit, and his life to those who bring death. If there be for him an angel, a mediator, one of the thousand, to declare to man what is right for him, and he is merciful to him, and says, Deliver him from going down into the pit, I have found a ransom. Let his flesh become fresh with youth, Let him return to the days of his youthful vigor. Then man prays to God, and he accepts him. He sees his face with a shout of joy and restores to man his righteousness. He sings before men and says, I sinned and perverted what was right, and it was not repaid to me. He has redeemed my soul from going down into the pit, and my life shall look upon the light. Behold, God does all these things twice, three times, with a man to bring back his soul from the pit, that he may be... he may be lighted with the light of life. Pay attention, O Job, listen to me, be silent and I will speak. If you have any words, answer me. Speak, for I desire to justify you. If not, listen to me, be silent and I will teach you wisdom. This is the word of the Lord. So yesterday, Elihu enters into the picture. He's been there the whole time, but we hadn't met him yet up until this point. He hadn't spoken nor had he even been introduced to us. But he's heard it all. He's heard it. He's rebuked now the three friends for having essentially no answer to Job and to the things Job has said. So now Elihu is going to go after Job with this rebuke. And in fairness, it is a soft rebuke, right? I mean, he says it right there in verse 7. Behold, no fear of me need terrify you. My pressure will not be heavy upon you. Elihu is not aiming to drive fear into Job. Elihu is simply digging for the truth. 
Hear my speech, O Job. Listen to all my words. Elihu's been silent for a while, right? Yesterday he said his belly was like a fresh wine and a wineskin that was about to burst. He had to open his mouth and be relieved. So here we go, right? He's, he's going now. He has started his speech. Started yesterday against the three friends. Yesterday actually finished against Job already. Starting in, what was that, verse 15, I think it was? Yeah, verse 15 began the conversation in the direction of Job. So as we look now, he continues speaking with Job. Answer me if you can. The challenge. Take your stand. I am toward God as you are. So just a creature. We're creatures together. I too was pinched off from a piece of clay. What a great picture that is, right? You know, especially with kids. Your kids are used to playing with Play-Doh or, or sculpting things out of whatever they can find to sculpt things out of. And here... You know, it's like you take the clump of Play-Doh and you've got one creature and you rip off a little part of that Play-Doh and you make a little new creature. That's kind of the picture that Elihu just used for us. There's some truth to it, too, in fairness. Now, I did skip over some great words from Elihu in verse 4. The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. What a wonderful confession of faith. A first article truth, right? God made me. The breath of God gives me life. God created us from the dust of the earth, and then he breathed the breath of life into man. What a wonderful gift. So Elihu sharing that faith. Verse 8, I have heard the sound of your words. It's an interesting way to say it, right? Not just, I have heard you speak, but I have heard the sound that your words make. Nothing more. Verse 9 through 11, he gives a summary of essentially what Job has been saying, and it's a fair enough summary, right? Job has been arguing that he's without transgression. God has counted him as his enemy, and God has done all this stuff to him. Verse 12, Elihu then makes the case, well, makes the judgment In this you are not right. And I would agree with him. Job has not been correct, which is why God is going to speak yet in this book. God is greater than man. True statement, right? We cannot deny that one. That is essentially lifting up God's majesty. to the point of being unknowable. God is who God is, and he's going to do what God does, and we are, well, we are but clay. Pieces of clay made by the potter. We have no right to make a case against God. So that's verse 13. Why do you contend against him? Honestly, this is a bad idea. (laughs) To contend with God is a bad idea. To argue before the Lord is not a good idea. We take our prayers to him. And if things are going wrong, we pray. If things are going well, we pray. You know, we we go to the Lord in prayer, but we don't have... We don't have a free pass to just scream at God or argue with God or any of those sorts of things. Will God forgive us if we do that kind of thing? Yes, God can forgive. God does forgive. That doesn't mean we should go about making a practice of it, right? Verse 13, still, he will answer none of man's words. This is Job. 
Elihu saying Job has said this, and essentially Job has said it. God does answer prayer, and Elihu's going to phrase that differently. He's going to say God speaks in one way and two, though man does not perceive it. And that's a true statement, that God has often in time spoken, and that man has not understood or perceived. I mean, you can think of God calling to Samuel, when Samuel thinks it's Eli calling to him. You can think of... Hmm. Jesus, right? Jesus is God speaking. And how often did the disciples not understand a thing he said? God speaks to his people. He spoke to his people of old. Many did not understand. Many missed it. So he's going to argue God speaks in dreams and visions, which he did to his prophets. Deep sleep falls on them. He opens their ears and terrifies them with warnings. Probably true. The things that God would show to his prophets, the things that were going to happen, the judgment he was about to execute, that would have brought terror. But what's the purpose? Verse 17, that he may turn man aside from his deed and conceal pride from a man. The purpose of God and his word of repentance I just gave it to you. The purpose of it is to repent. The purpose of God giving his prophets to his people who spoke God's word to his people was to call them to repentance. Like Jonah, right? The prophet that didn't want to hear God's word and ran away from God's word. Jonah didn't want the people of Nineveh to repent. And he knew that's what God's purpose was for them. So he went and he preached, eventually, after a fish. And Nineveh repented. The people repented. So, the words of the prophets bring repentance, and also humility, humbling us before God. So that, verse 18, he keeps back his soul from the pit to spare us, to spare us from destruction. That is easily seen as you walk through the prophets. Now, question from this section to talk to your children about, in what way does God speak to us today? We know God speaks to us through his word. and So we, we talk so much in church about word and sacrament and the importance of these things that we would rightly teach and rightly proclaim the word of God. We also want to consider here Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, that God, in the former days, in the days of old, spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these latter days, he has spoken to us by his Son. God speaks to us through Jesus. He speaks to us through the word that points us to Jesus and to the, through the gifts that he pours out through Jesus to his church all the time. Verse 19 and 21, I mean, this section kind of sounds like Job. Man is rebuked with pain on his bed. His flesh is so wasted away it cannot be seen. His bones that were not seen now stick out. That's not good, right? Shouldn't see bone. His soul draws near to the pit. To death. And this is where we have found Job in this book as he grieves, as he mourns, as he, he wrestles with and argues against God. 23, 
if there be for him an angel, a mediator, that mediator word's going to connect us to Christ. Jesus is the one mediator between God and men. A mediator stands between two parties, fights on their behalf. Elihu speaks of mercy. He says, I have found a ransom. Another beautiful phrase that points us to Jesus, right? Jesus ransoms captive Israel. We've got some hymn tune uh, music lyrics to go with that. Ransom captive Israel. Is that O come, O come, Emmanuel? Anyway, verse 25. Let his flesh become fresh with youth. Let him return to the days of his youthful vigor. So God restores. We're talking about repentance here. We're talking about resurrection here. The both and God can restore here in this life, but he also restores in the resurrection. Job has noted that he believes in the resurrection earlier in the book. Man prays to God, God accepts him. He restores to man his righteousness. That righteousness comes to us through Christ. It's not really our righteousness, it's God's righteousness. Verse 27 and 28. Excellent, right? He sings before men and says, I sinned and perverted what was, what was right. So this is the sinner. This is the man who has confessed his sin. It was not repaid to me. He has redeemed my soul from going down into the pit, and my life shall look upon the light. In Jesus, this is so abundantly true, right? We confess our sins. We do not hesitate to admit that we are sinners. I have sinned. I have fallen short of the glory of God. I know this. I know it is to be true of me, and yet my sin was not repaid to me. God has not dealt with me as my sin deserves. Instead, God has redeemed me. He's redeemed me from death and from the pit of hell. So several things there that point us to Jesus. All of this is true in Jesus. Verse 29, God, all, God does all these things twice, three times with a man. Made me think of Peter talking to Jesus. How many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus responds, not seven times, but 70 times seven, or 77 times, depending on how your English translation takes it. How much does God forgive? It's a question to throw at your kids. How much does God forgive? He forgives me daily and richly all my sins. All of them. Whether there are 15 of them or 15,000 of them in a day, God forgives all of them. Verse 30, that he may be lighted with the light of life. That'll connect you to one of John's I am statements of Jesus. I am the light of the world. So Jesus shines on the ransomed one, the, the one who has been restored, who has been made righteous again. Elihu wraps up this chapter by encouraging Job to speak, if he can. He desires to justify, and that almost sounds like confession and absolution. If Job will speak what he has done wrong, 
Elihu will speak absolution to him, forgiveness to him. If not, then simply listen, and Elihu is prepared to teach, to give Job wisdom. A pretty good chapter. There's a lot in here that points us to Jesus and the the resurrection, the redemption that we have in Christ, the forgiveness that we have in Christ.